And uh, uh, the challenge this morning is comes from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And I guess the title is Bearing Witness of the Light. Um, a lot of times I like to ask people, you know, just kind of poke around and find out what do they know about China? And so I'll just start very basic. I mean, just easiest question. You know, what do they, what do they eat with in China? Okay, somebody said chopsticks. No, that's not right. Okay, they eat with their mouths. All right? I mean, chopsticks, that's like, that's transport. Right? But, but they're not, they're, they're really no different than us. You know, we often do that, though. We, you know, we think about these other countries like India, China, and we often focus on those ways that we're different. It's like, that's what we think about. Oh, they're different because they do this. Oh, they're different because... But you know what? I mean, we're all the same. And we, for, this, for the sake of the gospel, we need to kind of stop categorizing people and start thinking in the ways that we are the same in that God created every one of us. And we're all created with a with with need to be fulfilled. And there's only one who can fulfill that need, and that's Christ. He is the only one. And, you know, you go to these countries like China, and they are different, but they're trying to fulfill that need in a different way. You can, you can tell that by the way they talk. Chinese people love to talk about money, their, their kids' education, and then house prices or whatever. Things, you know what's on their mind because that's the topic. It's always the same topics, and it's like those are the important things. If they can get those things, they'll be fulfilled. And, you know, America, we're different. You know, it's like, we're like, I'm going, I'm getting rid of everything. I'm going to hitchhike across America. That'll make me happy. And Chinese people are like, that's weird. It's like, how could that make you happy? But, um, but when it comes down to it, there's only one thing that matters, and that is, do the, have, has a person heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came into this world? Uh, there's a common problem in this world, and that's sin, right? And there's a, there's a common judgment that's coming on this world. And it's coming fast. I believe so. I believe the coming of the Lord is soon. And there's a common solution to that, to that need, and that's Christ. And so really that's all that matters. Has a person heard? And have they believed? And um, I just want to look here in John chapter 1. And um, we're going to look at verses... Verses 6, let's see, what was I, I'm sorry, I lost my, let's just look at verses 6 and 7. John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, we're just going to look at these two verses here. Uh, It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Let's look at verse 8. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. I'll do one more verse. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your word, Lord, that you give us. Help us, Lord, to let your word be the thing uh, that consumes our thoughts. And Lord, help us to know you better through it and help us to live the life you want us to live right now. Lord, thank you so much. Help me, Lord, as I... How to speak uh, your truth. Thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, um, the bearing witness of the light, that's kind of the topic. And, you know, people say missionaries can't preach. And so I, I'm thankful for that because the bar is very low. 
If I can get just above the little bar a little bit, we'll be good. So, um, but um, to bearing witness of the light. And if, you know, think about it, there's only one thing that, that really that matters that we, we're doing in this world, and that is that we're bearing witness of the Lord. And that people are seeing him through us. You know, I talk about my testimony. I always point to my mom. Because, I mean, she was the one who, I say, basically led me to the Lord. Watching her. I mean, there was a joy in her, in her heart that was real. I knew that. And, uh, you know, joy can't be fake for a, for a long time. Short time, I can do it. I can be anything I want to be. Um, but if you watch me for the long run, you know what's going on inside. And I watched my mom, and there was a, there was a joy that was real. And she was an imperfect person. Through that imperfect person, I saw the one who I, I, I needed to trust in. And that's awesome that God will use us if we're just faithful and God is working through us. And so, um, <clears throat> but, uh, so let's just talk about here, look at the scriptures here, and let's just talk about uh, bearing witness of the light. And I can think of no better person than the man that God sent to bear witness. I mean, God sent a man. He said, this is my man who's going to bear witness of the light. I mean, we better check this guy out, right? I mean, this is, I mean, if, if, if that's the one the Lord chose, then maybe, maybe he's doing something right, okay? So let's just take a look at John, and I want to look at a couple things. Um, first of all, let's just check out the man. Um, check out the man because, you know, Jesus said that we need to do that. We need to test the prophets, right? Don't just believe anybody who comes and says, I speak for the Lord. Um, look, read through the Old Testament. There's a lot of times when God had his real prophet, but there was these other prophets where they're saying, thus says the Lord. And the Lord was like, I didn't send those people. That's not my message. And Jesus says that we need to test the fruits of the prophets. So look at them and decide, are they really a prophet of the Lord? And the cool thing about John is we don't really have to do that because the Lord did it for us. Uh, Jesus did it. He said, hey, you know, when you went out to see John, what did you expect to see? You know, and he's kind of testing John there um, and showing us what kind of man John is. And, you know, John, he was a humble man. That's one thing that we can know about him. He was humble. That was a quality of the man. Um, you know, when he said uh, in verses, let's see, what is it? Verse 27 of the same chapter. He said, he it is who cometh, coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. The first thing I think we see about John, the man himself, he was a humble man. God is going to use a humble person. He rejects the proud. He, he opposes and he rejects them. God is not going to send a proud man. Uh, to be his prophet. But John was a humble man. And his humbleness wasn't about just focus on himself. Uh, a lot of times we, we, we get the wrong idea of humbleness. Humbleness is like, you know, you know I just hit three home runs. You know, I just, you know I'm, just, I'm, not that, I'm not that good, you know. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, you are. You just hit three home runs. It's like, it's a false sense. We, we want to hear, you know, but it's like, oh, but, you know, outwardly I'm just kind of. Yeah. That's not true humbleness. That's not really the humbleness that God the humbleness, according to the scripture, has not just the man. It's about in relation to who God is. So when John, when he looks at Jesus, he says, I'm not worthy. I can't, to, to, to shine his shoe, I'm not even worthy to do the lowest, to clean his shoes or to, to, to tie his shoe. And so, you know, John was seeing himself in the light of who Christ is. That's humbleness. It's an honesty, right? It's the man who says, I don't need God. I'm awesome. You know, it's like that man is not proud. He doesn't see himself in the light of who God is, right? 
And so a humble man needs to have a clear view of who God is. And when the light shines, then we see, oh, my goodness, look at me. I'm a mess, right? Woe is me, right? That's John. That, that is the man. And uh, what else can we say about John? You know, Jesus said in Matthew 11, we won't, I guess we won't go there. We'll just, uh, for time's sake. But, you know, John, the, the, everybody was around. He's like, you know, did you, what did you expect to see when you went to see John? You know, a guy who was in fancy clothes, somebody who in the eyes of this world is, you know, pretty high status. No, uh, that's not John. He wasn't a man who was maybe in the world's eyes a great man. Um, wasn't a man who was chasing after the things of this world. Um, did you expect to see a, a, you know, a reed shaken by the wind? Remember that? He was like, what, what is that about? Think about a reed shaken by the wind. It's like the wind blows. Like, we're going that way. Uh-oh, uh-oh, here comes the wind. Okay, we're going this way, right? It's like, let's take a, let's take a poll. What do you guys want to hear? What's the message you want to hear today? Oh, you're offended? Okay, let me find another. Was that John? Was he a man that came testing the ground and find out what do people want to hear? Or was he a man, was he a faithful messenger who had a message from God and it didn't really matter what the people wanted to hear. It was the message that God had sent him to tell the people. And you know what? The people didn't like the message. He lost his head. That's, that's the spoiler. Um, the message was not received, but he was a faithful messenger. It didn't matter the, the winds of philosophy. You know, 100 years ago, people think we're crazy the things that we think today. And then 100 years later, if the Lord doesn't come back, they'll think we're crazy for thinking the way we think right now. Right? We think they're crazy, they're crazy. It's like the winds of philosophy are just always changing and blowing. But God's word is the unchanging thing. Right? And so God sent his man with the mess, the unchanging message. All right? All right. Whoa, time's running out. Okay. Um, but that's okay. The, the message is simple. I'll just... Well, I mean, I don't need all the examples. They're not very good anyway. <laughs> so they're just fillers. But uh, all right, so there's the man. You know, uh, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. So, um, so first of all, the man that God sends, looking at the man, that's the, God, that's the kind of man that God is going to use. And you know, Paul talked about, you know, there's vestible, there's honorable ones, there's dishonorable ones, right? And it's like, you know, you could be in God's house, you could be a part of his family, and just be not usable. And you know, we often think, you know, why is the Lord not using me? And it's like, and it's like we're, we're kind of like the guy in Psalms chapter 1, his meditation is not on, the God, on God's word, right? He's taking counsel from ungodly. He's just, his thoughts are on the things of this world, and we wonder why, you know, the Lord's not using us. I mean, that's where we win the battle, the meditation of our heart. Is, is God's word the thing that's consuming our thoughts and our lives? Or is it Facebook and then we'll do our little five-minute devotional just to get the guilty? I mean, that's it. That's where we win or to lose the battle. And uh, we just need to set our affections on things above. We have to actively work on keeping the thoughts of our heart protected, keeping God's word the thing that guides our thoughts, the meditation of our heart. Let's not clear your mind and just om or whatever. That's filling it with God's word, right? Okay, and there's more that could say about John. Uh, he was the greatest. That's what Jesus said. That's a great compliment. And it wasn't because of the man himself. It was really because of the man he served. I mean, he was, of all the prophets, he was the one who stood right next to the Savior. That's what made him great. And our greatness, it's not as this world defines. Everything's going to be turned over. That person who we don't even know about, who's quietly serving the Lord, that's the great person. 
and we'll find out one day. Um, but that is true greatness is defined on, about him. Our humbleness is about him, not about us. And so that's everything. All right, so there's the man. So look at the man. There's more to say about John, but the message, that's the more important. Or the man, but then, of course, the message that he's proclaiming. What is the message he's proclaiming? And, you know, John's message was pretty simple. And, you know, it's, you know we're just, we're, we like to make things so complex. You know, one day this guy was learning Chinese, and he came up with this word, and he's like, Long Ma Jing Chang. And I was like, your Chinese is terrible. And I was like, I went home, and I was like, I said that to Lily, and she's like, what? And then I went to the dictionary. It was in the dictionary. He, that was actually an a idiom. And I was like, but nobody uses it. It's like, why, would we, why, why do we speak in ways that nobody can understand? It's like we try to make things complex and confusing, right? We need to, be, we need to speak clearly and simply the message, right? Uh, you know, I mean, it's like down south, it's like you ask somebody in the church, it's like, are you washed in the blood? You know, they're like, come on, praise you. Amen, brother. You know, it's like, then you go outside the church and be like, are you washed in the blood? And they're like, I mean, I took a shower. <laughs> And they have no idea what you're talking about, right? And it's like, they have no context for that, that phrase. They don't understand the, the sacrificial lamb, right? When Paul, when, when John spoke that message, they understood exactly. The sacrificial lamb made so much sense to them. But you go outside and people just don't know what you're talking about. We have to speak in clear ways, ways that make sense, right? We, if we need to love not just... We need to be more concerned, not just concerned about our duty to proclaim, but really care that the people can understand. We, they can receive it in a way that's digestible, Amen. right? Have your sins been forgiven? That, that would maybe be more understandable. But you go to a country like China, and they're like, sin? I, they think crime. I'm not a criminal. I've never robbed a bank. And you're like, oh, okay, sin. That doesn't make sense to them. Um, have you ever done anything that makes God not happy or disobeyed God's law. It's written in your heart. Right? You've got to think the way that they think so they can understand it. Otherwise, they walk away, they reject the message, but they didn't understand the message. Right? And so we have to be careful. And let's just look. What is the message that John spoke? It was so simple. He did two things. And these two things are the things that God has always been doing. It's always been the message. The message of the gospel has always been there from the very beginning from the book of Genesis. God has always presented the same message in the book of Genesis, there was the Lamb of God, right? There was those two brothers that made offerings. One brother comes and says, God, I got my own thing. It's going to be really good. And he brings his vegetables. And he's like, prize-winning cucumbers, county fair. And it's like the best that he had, he offered up to God to please God. He wanted to make God happy. And you know what God said? You were sincere. Is that what he said? He said, reject it. He rejected that. He said, that is not it. That cannot deal with your sin. That cannot bring you to me. And then the other brother said, I don't know if I understand this, but God, this is what you want, and I'm going to offer up the lamb. And he offers up the animal, and God says, that's it. That is the one. And you know what that lamb was doing? It was saying, behold, the lamb of God, which is coming. Right? I mean, he, that, was a, that was a prophecy, basically. The same thing John was doing. But there's something else God had to do. You heard my wife's testimony. My wife said the first time somebody shared the gospel, she was like, I don't need Jesus. It's like, what's, what's going on there? I mean, it's like the most important message you could ever hear. 
Why would you not want that? And you know what says something about John that he came to do something? Not just say, behold, he came to prepare. Pave the way, prepare the way for the Lord, right? And what preparation need to be done? There needed to be some heart preparation, right? He came with a message of repentance, saying you need, your heart's going in the wrong direction, right? You, you need to see that there's a problem. There's a problem in your heart. You can't trust your own, the wisdom of your own heart. Uh, you need an outside source to say, you know, there's something wrong with your heart. You know, my heart, if I looked at my own heart for my own wisdom, I'm always better than you. Even though we do the same bad thing, I'm always bad. I'm, I can justify my own wickedness. But you, how in the world could you ever do such a thing? That's just the way we, that, that is the heart. That's the wisdom of the heart. I think Adolf Hitler thought he was doing the right thing. I don't know. I think he probably had listening to his own he needs an outside source. And the Bible says, that's wicked. you're wicked. The Bible looks at me and says, you're wicked. And, uh, you know, ask the fruit, the person who sells the fruit, is the fruit good? They always say yes. So there's the old lady that goes around and just, that's gross. And she'll go, that's in China, that's what I do. And it's just like, I needed an outside source. We need an outside source for our heart. And so when John came, the first thing he did was help them see their need. How you offer them Christ, they don't want Christ. They need to see their need, right? There's a message of repentance that's involved in the gospel because people need to see their need. That's what God did through the law. He gave us the law, not so we could show ourselves perfect. That'll never happen. The law is a mirror. It says, here, this is what you look like. The mirror doesn't make you look better than you really are. If it does, it's a false religion, right? And that's what the law was meant to do, was to show us so we could say, woe is me. And then, once that is done, that work is done of preparing the heart, then guess what? Behold the Lamb, which taketh away those sins. That's it. That is the message. It was so simple. That's what God has always been doing. That's what God did with John when he came. And that's what he's doing here that we need to be doing, bearing witness of the light. The life that we live and the message that we preach is so simple. And that's it. That's, those are the things uh, but if there's not a readiness in our hearts, if there's not a readiness of our, the meditation of our heart, we're not going to do the job. Amen. People aren't going to see the Lord through us. What a shame. So, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this example through John. And Lord, help us, Lord, just to be s- simple in our work, simple in understanding, Lord, the, the simple message. And Lord, just a desire to help people, to see their need, and Lord, to see the one that can take away their sin. Thank you so much. Thank you for these people, Lord, and bless if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that they would see you and want want to cry out to you and, and trust in you. Thank you so much. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.